0: Falcons 49ers uh
1: that was a surprising outcome as well. Atlanta beating San Francisco 28 to 14. Brandon Ayuk, you know, getting it done on everyone's benches. Yeah. Uh eight catches, 83 yards and two touchdowns. Uh shout out to you if you had Ayuk in your lineup. Uh but this is the Ayuk that, you know, we were kind of hyping up for right in the preseason. Like we know he has the talent. Um you know, it, you just kind of need him to get those targets. Right. Mm-hmm. He was kind of hovering at like five, six targets a game. But when you give him 10 targets, he's gonna get it done for you. Um, he's he has after the catch ability, you know, he has route running ability, he has it all. But you know, this offense, you know, is not a pass first offense, unfortunately. No. Um now when they, they were forced to become a little pass heavy in this game, they didn't quite show the sense of urgency early enough. That's why they lost the game. But uh Ayuk got 10 targets, Kittle got 10 targets, uh I think all these guys got 10 targets. Debo Debo as well. Kittle finally came through on a negative game script. You know, 8 for 83 on 10 targets. I don't expect all these guys to get 10 targets every week because normally their defense comes through. The defense was pretty banged up coming into this game. Something I probably should have noted a little bit more, you know. um, But, you know, it's not like it it mattered (laughs) for these these, uh, Falcons pass catchers. Um, Marcus Mariota ended up having a huge fantasy day. Yep. Three total touchdowns, one of them on the ground. One of his passing touchdowns to Kyle Pitts. Huge day, huge day for Kyle Pitts. Three yeah. catches for 19 yards and a touchdown. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope if, you can. I hope yeah. you can sense the sarcasm. I'm trying. Yeah, to no. Him.
2: If if you start Kyle Pitts, you're happy. <laughs> you know, you've had him most season. <laughs> you know, you got a touchdown. Uh, that was just. It's not anything fantastic. Certainly not. But you know, it's much better than what we've seen from him before. I don't know if you saw. um Steve's uh story on fantasy guides. He put that um I think my sleeper app is glitching. It's just Kyle Pitts got a touchdown. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that. Funny. Hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. I thought that was funny. But um yeah, you talk about what? Marcus Mariota. He had a good day, you know. It wasn't that it was a it wasn't a huge day, but it was like a near perfect performance, uh stat wise. You know, he was extremely efficient, thirteen and fourteen, only fourteen passes, thirteen completions, two touchdowns off of those, and a rushing touchdown. You know, that was that was one of the biggest surprise performances for me. Just um you know, Mariota against the 49ers defense, even though they're banked up, they are a good defense. Um, I actually picked up Desmond Ritter in the one league, hoping that maybe this would be um, a spot where we'd see Desmond Ritter maybe come in, you know, as a stash, but um, it doesn't look like that was the case. Uh, It looks like Mariota might have the starting job locked down a little bit longer than I anticipated.
1: Yeah. Uh, One good thing to note about these Falcons pass catchers, Pitts ran around on 82% of dropbacks. Drake London, despite him, not performing, you know, good call, by the way, by you on the bench recommendation there last week, Zach. Uh, but London did run a route on 100% of dropbacks, so some positivity there, where I think the week before it was only like 65, 65%, uh, which wasn't great. So, like, at least yeah. these guys are running route where they're supposed to be running routes. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, Ramondre Stevenson came through as the overall RB2 on the week so far. 24 opportunities, 91 total yards, two touchdowns. 86% of snaps, that's what you want to see. This is probably like the first time I've ever seen Bill Belichick play a guy as a bell cow. Like, you know, last yeah. week, you know, Stevenson got all the work because, you know, he was actually the only running back active uh, outside of Damien Harris, believe mm-hmm. it or not. So it's like, okay, I get it. You know, Bill Belichick going, you know, he's going with the only guy he got. But coming into this game, he knew that Damien Harris was going to be out. He had two other running backs active. But Stevenson's still got 86, 86%, as a snap, 86% of snaps, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but I guess Belichick seems to love this guy.
2: Yeah, that seems to be the case. You know, there was a bunch of hype um, over the offseason surrounding Ramondre Stevenson. Like, we were wondering if he'd be able to get a workload even with Damian Harris out. But now he's just capitalizing with Damian Harris out. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, he put up, what is it, 25 points, like, to my chagrin, because of course I was playing against him this week with you having him in your lineup, but um, he looked awesome. You know, this isn't a situation where, you know, other guys are rotating in uh, and taking like touches that would be valuable. Ramondre Stevenson got all of them. You know, Pierre Strong was afterthought. Kevin Harris was an afterthought. Um, the offense ran pretty much through uh, Ramondre Stevenson and suddenly, um, you know, Bailey Zappi, He's looking like he's doing pretty good. We knew that he'd be targeting um, Ramondre Stevenson a lot. He did catch four balls, but um, the Patriots' offense as a whole looks good—a uh, lot better than I thought maybe it would be. Which you know will only raise Ramondre Stevenson's stock.
1: I will, you know, listen, man. I was talking a lot of shit about Bailey Zappi. I owe this man an apology, <laughs> okay? Because the dude looks better than much, much better than I thought. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and it's funny, right? Like the, a lot of these guys that like Romeo Dubs, right? Bailey Zappi yeah um who else who else was there that didn't impress um alec pierce you know these guys weren't really like super um didn't stand out alec pierce stood out a little bit in 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 the first day and then i think they just decided to like uh you know take him out because he didn't need he he did enough apparently that scouts and stuff were saying that oh he looks really good so they kind of took him out to Mm -hmm. avoid any negative press um but you know Billy Zappi didn't look amazing or anything like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. You know, that's kind of where I got my info from, just watching him firsthand. Same thing with Romeo Dubs. Um, but good for these guys, man. I'm, I'm happy that they're able to contribute. Uh, you know, it's funny. I saw a stat. I think Red Zone showed the stat, right, of these rookie Patriots quarterbacks going on the road in their first start and getting the W, right? Yeah. So it, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and... Bailey Zappi. Oh no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Joe Upset. It was, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, Bailey Zappi, and um, Mac Jones. It was yeah. those three guys all getting the W on the road. But interesting stuff there. Now on the Patriots side, Taekwon Thornton, who was their second round rookie uh, wide receiver, who was banged up to start the year, uh, he was the Patriots' second round pick. So we got to keep that in mind when we're talking about his overall production. Um, You know, part of the reason why they drafted him is because of the serious speed that he has. And he scored two touchdowns in this game, one on the ground, one through the air. He had a couple of carries in this game. So it seems like they look at him as like a versatile player. Uh, He's coming off the injury now, and it seems like he's going to be pretty involved in their offense, Uh, especially now that Kendrick Bourne, he suffered what seemed like a toe injury right now. So we'll see how serious that is. Nelson Aguilar has a hamstring injury, so there might be some extra opportunity for someone like Thornton. Um, I, like I wouldn't be spending up on waivers or anything like that, but he has some appeal, you know, as someone who, you know, produced number one with opportunity, and number two was a second-round pick.
2: Yeah, so he has a draft capital, and now he's in a spot where he can actually contribute. You know, it looks like he's not going to be getting like you know plain old wide receiver usage either. It looks like they're interested in giving him the ball on the ground a little bit. Obviously, it's a very small sample size. But, you know, he can add an extra layer to the offense where it's not going to be just Bailey Zappi dropping back and throwing the ball. You know, they can get a little gadget play here and here and there. Um, I, I like Taequann Thornton as a waiver wire. Like you said, I wouldn't like you said, I wouldn't go again. I wouldn't go spending all of my fab or really even that much. I think I'd cap out at three, four uh, percent of um. Yeah, fab. That makes sense. Um, but we'll, we'll probably yeah we'll probably talk about him maybe tomorrow on tomorrow's episode for the waivers but um yeah yeah he's not a priority add but he did have a nice performance chances are I don't think Tyquan Thornton was probably not in any lineups I mean I can't imagine one even in deep leagues you know he's pretty much off the off the radar so this one just kind of popped up out of nowhere and good for him yeah but um, yeah
1: and 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 to be honest like it, it wouldn't have because he really didn't get much opportunity uh, until Kendrick Bourne got hurt. Kendrick yeah. Bourne was starting starting in three wide receiver sets, and that's when Thornton really got his opportunity. So just keep that in mind. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones should be picked up in leagues at this point if he's not already, especially in deeper leagues. Um, he has two 70 plus receiving yard games over his last three. He has four 50 plus yard receiving games out of out of five this year. So if you need wide receiver help during the bye weeks, I think he can help you hold it down. Um, you know, and that's considering you know, Jacoby Myers has David Njoku. He has Amari Cooper, but you know, the DPJ has got it done also for the most part. And it's yeah. possible that he has even more upside when Deshaun Watson is back. There is some room for upside there because he is their starting wide receiver opposite Amari Cooper. Um, and at times he's been getting a decent target share. So he's somebody that is interesting. He's always been interesting, interesting to me since his rookie year. Cause he's showed a lot of flashes. Um, so, you know, so if you're in a deeper league, and if he's available, I think he's a possible pickup. hunter henry is a waiver wire pickup as well uh for anyone who needs a tight end not just because he had a good fantasy day four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown uh but he ran a route on 81 percent of dropbacks this week and that was with john smith active uh but we've seen this before okay where that route percentage route participation like drops out of nowhere like it goes up it goes down with hunter henry so he'd be one of the targets for me if i need a tight end but like it's super volatile. <laughs> yeah. The is super volatile. I wouldn't expect it to stay uh, to stay at stay where it, where it is. But if he does end up eighty percent or above on a consistent basis, I think he could end up being a top twelve fantasy tight end pretty easily.
2: Yeah, that bar for being a top twelve fantasy tight end is very low, right? now. It is top ten, top ten. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the Jaguars they're still holding Travis Etienne back a little bit uh, from taking too much of the running back share. Um, James Robinson out carried ETN 12 to 10, but ETN is the one who ended up with the production. He he, he had 108 total yards and 12 touches. Um, that's two straight games now with limited touches for the most part, but hundred yards from scrimmage. The dude is yeah. explosive, right? He had a couple big plays in this game. He's still just a low end RB two for now, you know, but that should increase as his touches start to go up. I would expect those touches to eventually start to go up. Hopefully because, every time he touches the ball, I feel like he's just ready to explode. Right. Um, you know, they, they did have a couple of carries go here and there, which I'm just like, why just give those, give those touches to ETN. You yeah. know, it, it's like you just get more bang for your buck at that point. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. So I was actually playing against, you know, you had Travis ETN in your lineup too. I was playing against him. I could just, I could tell that you were probably fuming the way they were using him because every time he touched the ball, you Know he was getting a ton of yards and it's like producing huge for it, but he only touched the ball was it 12 times? So it's like yeah. that's not anywhere near enough. You look at the production compared to the touches, it's like it wasn't like oh, he's being boosted by one big play. He did have that one run, but there were plenty of other runs where it's like six, seven, eight yards on the ground. You're moving fast. I can't believe they didn't give him the ball anymore than they did. I, you know, I'd expect the backfield to shift more towards Travis Etienne and move moving forward. I thought that maybe would have happened uh yesterday. Um it didn't really happen, which is disappointing. But um I like I I like Travis Etienne moving forward definitely. You talk about, you know, a couple carries where they should have just given it it to Travis Etienne. How about Trevor Lawrence freaking sneaking two touchdowns in for uh, two rushing touchdowns? If one of those goes to Travis Etienne you know we're having a completely different conversation. Um oh yeah I I I, I was frustrated you know just as a fantasy (laughs) player seeing Trevor Lawrence sneaking those touchdowns in.
1: I know, man. I you know you know the Jaguars are losing too, man. They're two and four now. Yeah, they got to start giving the ball to Travis Etienne more. Like he is the playmaker that it can change their offense. Um, and you know that decision has to be made at some point. I know they want to split up the carries and all that, but listen, like you don't need to give. What's his name? Uh, who who had that long long touchdown? Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty had like one touch in that game. <laughs> that yeah. one touch goes for a long ass touchdown. Anyone could have ran through that hole. Like if Etienne ran through that hole, he would have been there five minutes before uh, <laughs> before Hasty got to the end zone. So right. I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's gonna happen soon. You know, I'm not, I'm not being super impatient about it. We know it's gonna happen because you know the talent is evident, and he's having big games, two hundred yard games from scrimmage over the past two weeks. Yeah, Michael Pittman, another guy reminded everybody, you know why he's that dude. Thirteen catches for 134 yards on 16 targets. He came through big time. What did you think of Michael Pittman's performance?
2: I, I think it was reassuring for fantasy owners who have watched him kind of not perform very well the past few weeks. Um, I think he hasn't had very much production at all. He hasn't had a touchdown since week one. And, yeah. you know, he's been kind of making his living in PPR. And he's been all right for you if you're playing PPR. Not very good for you if you're not playing PPR. But this was a much better performance. Um, this was actually, I think, his second best performance of the season behind week yeah. one. Um You know, you like to see it. It looks like the Colts offense isn't as bad as we might have thought it was going to be. You know, the first few weeks in the season, uh, Matt Ryan looked a little bit more like Matt Ryan yesterday. It was a vintage performance. He turned back the clock a little bit there. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable and continue to happen every week, but he's going into a pretty good stretch right now of games. The next two games are against Tennessee and Washington. Um, It's all positive outlook for Michael Pittman right now, and you're really happy if you had him in your lineup. You should have um, this week against Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. Uh he moved to like wide, wide receiver, yeah, receiver yeah. seven in fantasy points per game just off of that performance. Um, right. <laughs> which is super interesting. Uh that tells you what you know as far as like these wire a lot of wide receivers uh under underperforming this year. Mm-hmm. Deion Jackson, in relief of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, he had 12 carries on the ground for 42 yards and a touchdown. But the real story was that he caught all 10 of his targets for 79 yards. That was um, huge. Yeah. He was the RB one. On the week so far, and I would assume that
2: it should stay that way. Nothing's going to happen tonight, unless Austin Eckler, you know, goes crazy. But I don't know if that's going to happen. He's had two really good weeks in a row. Enough three. I don't know if three's going to happen. It can happen.
1: It can happen. Eckler can take the crown. He can. um But yeah, no, he did suffer a quad injury, Deion Jackson, at the end of the game. So Jonathan Taylor might be starting over him if he misses time. Uh, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, it's be. probably it's probably over for Deion Jackson, the Gian Jackson experiment at this point. Um, but I really appreciate his commitment, you know, to getting it done for fantasy football managers everywhere. Um, yeah. and it's also possible that Jackson's quad injury isn't serious, and it's possible that JT is out again next week mm-hmm. if it's a if it's really a high ankle sprain. So I wouldn't drop Jackson until you know a, you know, he has an injury that's going to keep him out a couple weeks. Right. Or B, we know that JT has a full practice this week. Like once JT has a full practice, I'm like, all right, cool. I can probably drop Jackson. Um, And, you know, a lot of people didn't pick him up. He's still available at a bunch of waiver wires. So tomorrow, like, you know, when waivers, I'm going to be putting in some claims for Dion Jackson just in case like the injury isn't that bad. Maybe we'll find out about the injury today, maybe earlier tomorrow before waivers run. Um, But you just kind of kind of monitor that situation a little bit.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't go crazy, you know. With Deion Jackson, like you said, I think no, no. You know, this is the extent of his production. Um, you know, they have Naeem Hines. He should be coming back and getting healthier soon enough. Um, even though Deion Jackson really did well, he is buried on the depth chart. Um, once the other two guys come back, Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, there's no reason to think that he's going to be seeing significant time unless either of them get hurt again.
1: You don't think he plays over Jonathan Taylor?
2: No, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe. it's an outside chance. But yeah, I, I don't okay.
1: think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got Paris Campbell coming out of nowhere with eleven targets. He caught seven fifty-seven and a touchdown. I I brought that up because I'm a Paris Campbell stand. Uh, Alec Pierce, he wasn't having a great game until he caught the game-winning thirty-two-yard touchdown. He came through for you at the end. You know, if you had to start him in a pinch off of waivers because you know he was one of the one of the bigger waiver wire ads last week at wide receiver. So if you did, you know, put him in your lineup, you know, because you had to. It worked out. Yeah. Dalvin cook ended this game uh, with this Vikings game with only 14 touches, uh, but he got it done with the big 53 yard touchdown. He was pretty quiet otherwise, but one positive though is that he was on the field for 87% of snaps, which is a big jump from where he was the last two weeks. So hopefully that continues. If you have cook, if you have him, that's a great sign um, that he's back to a workhorse bell cow type of snap share. They didn't run a ton of plays in this game. Uh that could have contributed to it. Maybe if they were going to be running a lot of plays then Dalvin Cook could have had a could have seen like a bigger share um you know with Alexander Madison but it didn't happen. So this is this is encouraging moving forward.
2: Yeah, definitely compared to what we've been seeing, you know, with the snap shares like you said, it looked a little bit like it looked dangerously close to a committee. You know, last week definitely. And now this week it's looking a little bit better. Um Dalvin Cook you know, I think that he just has to get the touches. And he'll be fine. It seems they haven't given him the touches they used to get. And he's been a little bit um, less efficient than he was in the past few seasons. But um, I-, I think Dalvin Cook is still a pretty solid RB1. Moving forward. There's no reason to think that.
1: We just haven't be. seen that ceiling from him. We also haven't seen him really involved in the passing game that much. Yeah. Know, in the first couple of weeks, you know, he had some receptions and some targets. But since then... You know, he hasn't really been too involved. Um, and I'm looking for that to kind of increase for him to really maximize, you know, where we were drafting him at, which is like, you know, first round running back, we want you be, to be you know involved in the passing game a little bit more and not just yeah. be like an early down plotter.
2: <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And he, you talked about drafting him, you know, pretty high. And we talked about yeah. it over the offseason for a long time. You know, it's like he has a chance to get injured and that kind of thing, but we know what the upside is and he hasn't gotten to that point yet. And they did say over the offseason, I think, I forget, I saw a report somewhere that the Vikings were going to use him more in the passing game. Or they planned or they wanted to oh, use yeah. Dalvin Cook more in the passing game. A and ton. that just, it hasn't come to fruition. Only five targets the last three weeks total. So, uh, you know, I think if that goes up, you're right. Um, Dalvin Cook could definitely see more production. But until then, you know, he's 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 still a solid RB1. I just don't like him as like the overall RB1 on yeah. a weekly basis. I don't think that upside's there.
1: Right. You know who does have the upside for overall wide receiver one, though? Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, with Teddy Bridgewater in this game. 12 for 177 for Tyreek. 6 for 129 for Waddle. Uh, These two guys are really, really good. And Mike McDaniel is looking like a mastermind right now. You know, it's also worth noting that Mike Gusecki ran around on 76% of dropbacks and you know that might be exciting because he did have those two touchdowns, and yeah. he, he did his version of, of the, the gritty. Oh yeah, uh, all the way to, down to the sideline. Um Just kind of just just funny. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know you can you can pick up Gasecki um, with that rap participation going up, but just keep in mind that Derm Smith, who you know is a guy who has been like limiting Gasecki all year because he's sharing that role with him. Smith, you know, he can be back this week because he was limited in practice all week this past week. So yeah. if he's back, that could bring Gasecki down a little bit, and then he might be unstartable again. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but it also looks like Tua was going to be back next week. Um, he passed a concussion protocol. He's out of the protocol at this point, so he should be back. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like these two wide receivers just getting it done.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. And these, this has to be the most talented, the most electric wide receiver duo in the NFL right now. I think. I don't think there's anyone doing I think
1: I think electric, like the most electric duo, like that, that hands down is these two.
2: Yeah. Like Tyreek Hill is producing, as long as he had a quiet game, Scott Thompson, but he seems like matchup proof and quarterback proof. You know, he might be the same. He went from
1: Patrick Mahomes
2: to like Teddy Bridgewater. And like, he's playing better. <laughs> yeah. But well, he's, Getting 15 targets, starting at 177 yards. If, if he had a touchdown, it would have been an even bigger day. Tyreek Hill, like I said, he might have one of the best floors in fantasy right now. Even though, you know, he, he had the one game. I forget what game it was. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was against, well, who else? Buffalo. It was a quiet game against Buffalo's defense. You can't really fault him for that. Outside of that, he's been awesome for you. Tyreek Hill. His ceiling is so high with a really nice floor, regardless of who's quarterback. I, you know, Tyreek Hill is my main takeaway. Jalen Waddle, he did really good too. Um, but it's clear that if they're favoring somebody in the passing game, if they're going to favor one over the other, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. They're both very similar in value, but Tyreek Hill has a little bit more of an edge. I, I love both of them moving forward, though. It's just awesome.
1: Waddle was a great buy coming into this week, but that buy window has closed.
2: Right.